Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's Word is Truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and we've been going through Ephesians for quite some time now. But today, we're going to be focusing on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17 and verse 18. So, last time we talked about Christ brings unity. Right, so we talked about verses 14, 15, and 16, where uh, we learned that he himself is our peace, right? Talking about Jesus, and we refer back to Isaiah. We understand that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and, and what that means is that he is the chief of priests, or the captain of, of peace. And also Psalm sixteen eleven, where we understand that in the presence of, of God, there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's nothing um, that matters than to be in his presence. We want to be with God, and that is the very purpose of what us wanting to quote unquote go to heaven, right? Because we don't want to go to heaven because we want to escape hell, even though hell is a place we don't want to be. But we want to go to heaven because that is where God is, and we want to be near God. And that's what Christ has done. Um, and also, we talked about that we were once enemies. We were at enmity with God, right? And this enmity, uh, we, we get it from James because James tells us that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Meaning, if we are friends of the world, we make ourselves enemies of God. And we touched a little bit on that and how Christ brings unity to not just Jews, but also Gentiles, right? Greeks. So now we're going to be focusing on verses 17 and 18 and looking more into what Christ did and how we ourselves can come to God, right? So... Let's read from verses 11 all the way till the end of chapter 2. So we're going to be Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11. It says this. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law 
of commandments expressed in the ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, therefore killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So, like I said, we're going to be focusing verses 17 and 18. Um, and it's just interesting to read all of this, and it's crazy to see what God has done for us in Christ, right? So, it's amazing that we are saved by grace. We were once dead in our sins and trespasses, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, it says, in our trespasses, made us alive altogether with Christ. So, it is vitally important that this is the Christ that we preach, right? So, there's many false Christs that are being preached out there, false gospels being preached out there, or faulty gospels, right? Leaky, uh, leaky gospels, in a sense that you're not giving the full counsel of God when you preach the gospel. Instead, you just... Uh, mention the good things that God brings to us, but never mentioning our position uh, before Christ, apart from Christ. But Paul doesn't hesitate. He lets us know that we were once dead in our trespasses. And what that means is that we were followers of the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So at at one time, we were sons of disobedience, and God adopted us into his family through Jesus Christ, and now we are no longer that. We don't identify ourselves with that, right? If you guys remember back in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2, or verses, uh, verse 1, it says, To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, or uh, that means the believing ones in Christ. So, our believing in him caused this to change our position from being sons of disobedience to sons of God, right? So that is, uh, that, that is amazing to remember, to keep remembering and reminded uh, as we read through the scriptures, as we read Ephesians. Um, it's always good to look back and see what Paul has already established before we go on to the next uh, point or next uh, portion of scripture. So, Let's reread verse 17 and let's unpack that. It says, And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to you who were, or to those who were near. So, again, who is Paul writing to, right? So, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, right? So, we get a lot of this you, 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 and then he, we get lots of we, 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 and then lots of us, us, us. And whenever Paul... Uh, talks about we, he connects himself with the Gentiles because we know that Paul 
was a Jew, right? He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And he is letting us know that we are one in Christ. And here in, in this section, verses 11, all the way through to verse 22, uh, we see what God does in Christ to us, right? Us who are far off. What being far off means is that uh, the Gentiles, right? So they were not the immediate ones to receive God's grace, per se, right? The Jews, the Israelites, were the ones in whom God chose to be his people to bring about the Messiah. And even in verse, it says verse 12, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, right? And strangers to the covenants of promise. Israel was not a stranger to the covenants because it was to them that God gave the covenants, right? Abraham, Moses, right? All of these covenants that God made between God and man, it was to the Jews. It was to the Israelites. It was to... Uh, those who were Jews by descent and us who are Gentiles were Gentiles. We actually did not receive this. Therefore, we were part of the uncircumcision, right? So that's the name that was given to us by what is called the circumcision, which are the ones who received uh, the covenants, right? Not only that, they received the worship. They were given the right to worship God. Um, but in Romans, we see that they messed that up. And then in verse or chapter 3 in Romans, it lets us know that we all have fallen short from the glory of God. All. Everyone. So when it says, and he came and preached peace to you. Right. So Jesus came and preached peace to you. I love Mark because the first words that Mark records of Jesus is repent and believe in the gospel for the kingdom of God is at hand. So repent and believe that is the message that was preached by Christ is the repentance of your sins, which means to do a full 180, do a change, have a change of mind, a change of heart that now the things you used to love, which God hated, now you hate as well. And now the thing of which God loves, you love as well. Right? God loves justice. God loves obedience. Right? All these things that we failed to do, now we have been given the right and the ability to do these things. Not to find favor from God because we already received that by grace. But we do these good works because we were prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, right? It's to glorify God, it's to glorify the Father. So, and he came and preached peace, right? So last time we talked about Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the one that killed the hostility, right? And it says, to you who were far off, what does that mean? Those who were far off, the people who were far off are the Gentiles, the ones that were not given the covenants, the ones uh, that were part of the uncircumcision, 
right? The non-Jews, that's basically what it means. Those who are not a Jew is a Gentile, apart from Christ. And I will tell you why I keep saying apart from Christ. Because we have to recognize where we came from and where we are now. So this is where we came from. And it says, He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Who were the ones that were near? The ones that were near were the Jews. They were walking alongside God's promise. So it's amazing to see that Jesus not only preached peace to those who were far off, you would think the ones that were near had peace already. But here it says that Jesus preached peace to those who were near as well. Verse 18. Now we, we get the same message that was preached by Jesus to both camps, right? Jews and Gentiles were preached the same message. Listen to this in verse 18. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So... Through Christ, we both, who are the both, again, the Jews and the Gentiles, have access in one spirit. So it's the same spirit by which we receive that gives us access. Access to what? It says access to the Father, to the creator of the universe. Right? That's big. And this is why it's big, because to those who were near, right, the high priest was the only one that was able to enter the Holy of Holies, where God was. One man, just one person, one man. And that one man had to be the high priest from one tribe. So imagine a tribe. There's a lot of people in that tribe, and only one man out of that huge one tribe had the privilege to enter. And not only that, one day of the year. Just one time a year. So you can just imagine waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the day that we get to go into the presence of God or the high priest gets to go into the presence of God. Right? So we, as believers, we can come to God because of this. For through Him, through Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. This is huge, especially the Jews. They long awaited for the ability to be in the presence of God. Right? To be reconciled to God. And that was the purpose of Christ coming to earth. Is that... He may atone for our sins. He may die for us in our place. And he no longer has his hand, per se, stretched out and not allowing us to enter or come into his presence. We are unworthy, unable. We don't deserve None of this in Christ, what he does is he gives us access in one spirit to the Father. So, verse 18 is very triune. Very triune. And 
And look at this. If you guys are taking notes or if you guys are following along uh, with your Bibles, go to Matthew. Matthew 27. Now we'll read verses 20 or verse verses 51 through 53. So 27, 51 through 53. And this is this is what it says. Listen to this. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top and bottom to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So, so did you catch that? In verse 51, it says, and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. What? curtain is it referencing to the curtain was the veil that was to separate the holy of holies right so no one can enter that could enter that right they had to commit the high priest had to commit a sacrifice for himself and also for the people but he had to cleanse himself before entering this place the holy of holies the presence of god so, here we see that the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And I thought this was interesting that it was cut from top to bottom, not from bottom to top. Because anybody can grab any kind of curtain and rip it from the bottom to top. But this says from top to bottom. And what makes that so significant is that the curtain was about 30 cubits high. Or you could say about 60 feet high. 30 feet wide, 60 feet high. Right? No one is 60 feet tall to be able to tear the veil from top to bottom. This was something that only God uh, could have done. And what did God do? God tore that veil and now we have access to the Holy of Holies. That was the, the picture he was giving us. And now we have access because the veil was torn. Right, so verse 18 is very triune, and we see the work of God that through Jesus Christ we both have access in one spirit. So, the only way we can access the Father is to be in one spirit to the Father, right? So, it's through Him we both have access. And this kind of reminds me of Romans. I'm always reminded of Romans, but in Romans, it also talks about us having peace with God. Right, Romans chapter 5, uh, listen to this, what it says in verse 2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So we're already standing in this grace, and now we have access because we have peace with God, the hostility is no longer there, as it says in Ephesians a little bit earlier. Right? Because it says in verse 14, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So praise God for what he did for us. Because the Jews longed for that. 
for the ability to go into the presence of God. And instead, God had his standard and he said, nope, it had to be the high priest. Nope, it had to be one man. Nope, it had to be one man from one tribe who is the high priest. And also, you only do it one time a year. Oh, and before you enter, you have to cleanse yourself because that was the way God works. Well, I won't say works, but that's how God is. God is holy, and we need to understand God's holiness. See, the problem with Uzzah is that in the Old Testament, it talks about this man tries to catch the altar that was going to fall onto the ground, and he touched it with his hands, and God struck Uzzah dead. Was God right to do that, or was he wrong to do that? Well, let's think about it for a second. Who is Uzzah? He's a man, right? First of all, he's a man, and Scripture tells us that for all have fallen short from the glory of God. No one is good, no one does good apart from Christ. And Uzzah thought that the altar, if it touches the ground, it was going to get dirty. So he was going to stretch out his hands and catch it himself. But the problem is, Uzzah was a filthy man compared to the dirt that was on the ground. Right? Who was the one that caused all of creation to fall? Well, it was man. Man was given the dominion, to have dominion over all of creation. And what did Adam and Eve do? Well, they failed because they ate the food of which God said, do not eat of. And that subjected everything on earth and everything in space, everything to fall. So Uzzah, thinking that his hands were much cleaner than the dirt that was on the ground, was mistaken, right? He misunderstood God's commands. Again, when God gives us his word, we have to obey and we have to recognize there, there are consequences, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we get told about how we should do the Lord's Supper, right? And if we do the Lord's Supper wrongly, It'll even cost you your life. It says some are sick and some have died. And why? Because they did not take the Lord's Supper properly. And what is the proper way to do it? Well, I will not get too much into that. But it's very important to recognize that we don't just flippantly take the Lord's Supper because it's something that our church does. Instead, there's a purpose behind it. There's a reason why we do it. It's an ordinance from Christ given to us and also baptism. And we do these things not to be saved, but because we're saved, right? It points us back to what Christ did for us, right? So the Lord's Supper, the purpose of it is to point us back to the Lord's death, right? So the cup represents his blood that was poured out for us. That blood cleanses us. The body broken for us, right? Jesus took our place on the cross and he died for us who are believers. So, Jews and Greeks, back to Ephesians. So, Jews and Greeks now have, through Jesus Christ, have access by the Holy Spirit to the Father, 
You see how triune that is? How we can come to the Father, but only one way. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man shall come to the Father but through me. Right? We need Christ to get to the Father. But through Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit that grants us the access to the Father by faith. Right? So the Father who is in heaven is the same Father to both Jews and Greeks. So this is what I mean about that we are no longer Greeks or Gentiles, as the ESV says, right? The ESV says Gentiles. So we are no longer Gentiles, right? We are children of God. But also, on the flip side, Jews are no longer Jews anymore. They are also children of God and brothers and sisters to us, right? So we have to recognize that we are no longer there because the Gentiles were the ones that were far off. We are no longer far off. We are already in peace, right? We have shalom already. We have Christ himself and the Holy Spirit that was sealed on our hearts that is in us. Well, that is to identify us that is the circumcision of the heart. And this circumcision of the heart that God does when he transforms us and changes us, we are no longer far off. The Jews were no longer uh, just near, but we are in. And it says that in Christ, we are no longer identified as Jews and Greeks. Instead, we are brothers and sisters to each other and children of God. So this is why we can call... God the Father, Father, right? It was all because Christ made that possible. We are adopted into this family. And next time we will talk about um, us one time being strangers and aliens, but now we are fellow heirs, fellow citizens, right? Uh, with the saints and members of the household of God. We will touch more on that later. But I just want us to recognize and see what verses 17 and 18 have to say what God is telling us through that because what happens when we are reconciled right in verse 16 it says and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross and then it tells us in 17 and he came and preached peace to those who were to you who were far off right who is he writing to uh, the Gentiles, the, the ones who were once Gentiles, it says in peace to those who are, who were near. See, they were there, but no longer are there. Instead, we are in, we are in Christ now, right? So this is a beautiful thing that God has done for us, that we were preached this peace and we received this peace because our hearts were changed. And now we heeded God's call. And God's call is to repent and believe in the gospel, this gospel is uh, that Jesus has come in the flesh. God has manifested himself in the flesh and fulfilled the law perfectly. He's the sinless one who has come and he died on a cross and on a third day rose from the grave, right? So he was buried on a third day. He rose from the grave and we are to believe this, trust this. Because when we do that, we 
no longer identify ourselves as being cut off from Christ, but now we are in the family and will remain in the family. So praise God for his salvation that he's given to us by grace through faith. So let us always be reminded of that. Let us always uh, walk with our heads held high and praising God always for the things that he has done, right? So we don't praise God for the good things he does for us, even the bad things that happen to us in our lives. There, there's good behind that. Why? Because God works all things for good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose, right? So there's a purpose behind everything. There's not one molecule that is out of God's control. God is sovereign, right? How sovereign is your God? Is he the creator of the universe? The one who knows every hair on your head? Knows every single star that is in the sky by name? How much more does he know you? How much more does he know your heart? Right? So if your heart has not been in tuned, has not been changed, I, uh, I hope that this will be helpful for you to recognize that this can be possible, but only if you repent and believe in Christ. Right? And I know that the word of the Lord will not return to him void. So by reading through the scriptures, by teaching y'all, um, and going through this, I hope that you who thought were probably part of the in Christ were actually find out and recognize that you were never in Christ and that you need to change that. You need to repent from your sins. You need to turn to Christ. Uh, I say that today is the day of salvation for those who believe. So believe because God will not turn his back on you, right? We are told in Romans that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So there's, you don't have to clean yourself up or anything like that, right? There's a song that says, come as you are. And the, the reason why um, it is mentioned that way, come as you are, is that Christ is the one that will cleanse you. You cannot clean yourself. So believe and trust in Christ, right? Repent from your sins, that of which God detested and hated, that what he will judge, right? We have to recognize um, the bad news, and the bad news is that hell does exist. God will create a place for all of those who have transgressed his law, right? Even the liars will have their place in the lake of fire, it says. But if we repent, we turn from that, acknowledge that we have wronged God, pray to him and, and tell him that you wronged him. Because a true repentant heart always comes to God asking for forgiveness. And this is, the, this is the amazing part, that God is ready to forgive you. God has forgiven you in Christ. So just turn from your sins and turn to him. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.